everybody, welcome to the Love Monday podcast. It's been a couple of weeks since we had a new episode, so I'm glad you're joining me again today. I got a question for you today. Do you ever feel stuck? I mean, in your job, in a project, in a relationship, in, a, in some similar situation where you just feel like you're stuck, I'm stuck in this situation, I can't get out. Now, feeling stuck in a job can be caused by various factors. Lack of growth and development opportunities, mismatched skills and interests, monotonous and repetitive tasks, limited autonomy and decision-making authority, unsupportive work environment, misalignment with values or organizational culture, so your personal misalignment with the organization, personal growth and life changes. All of those things can lead to us feeling stuck in our job and in our situation. If you follow me on social media, heard me speak at an event, attend my webinars, or subscribe to this podcast, you've heard me talk about the zone of genius. That's not my concept. It's from a book called The Big Leap, a book that was introduced to me the day after I got fired from a job that precipitated me starting this whole Love Monday movement. In the book, The Big Leap, which is by Gay Hendricks, the zone of competence refers to a specific area in which An individual possesses adequate skills and knowledge to perform tasks effectively. It represents a range of activities that you can perform competently, but it may not necessarily bring you a sense of fulfillment and true excellence. So the zone of competence, today we're going to talk about being stuck in the zone of competence. And so that's a little bit of a uh, kind of a preamble, precursor to what we're going to talk about. So according to Gay Hendricks, the author of uh, The Big Leap, there are four primary zones that you can operate within. And we've talked about this before, but I'm just going to re- reset that for, your, for the purpose of this podcast episode today. So those four zones that he talks about in the book, the zone of incompetence, the zone of competence, the zone of excellence, and the zone of genius is where we want to be headed. So let me, let me just briefly define these. The zone of incompetence, this zone represents activities or tasks that you're not skilled at and don't enjoy. These are areas where your abilities are limited and you struggle to achieve good results, even good results. Spending significant time in the zone of incompetence can be unproductive and very draining. Then there's the zone of competence where we're going to focus today. The zone of competence includes activities that you can perform adequately, but you're not necessarily passionate about them. In the zone of competence, you may have the necessary skills and experience to complete these tasks, but you don't derive a sense of fulfillment or personal satisfaction from them. Then there's the zone of excellence. The zone of excellence refers to activities in which you excel and are highly skilled. These are tasks where you can perform exceptionally well and often receive recognition and success in these areas. However, despite achieving proficiency, you still feel unfulfilled and find that something is missing. And then finally, the culmination where we all want to be headed is the zone of genius. The zone of genius represents a realm where you operate at your highest potential. You're fully utilizing your unique strengths, talents, and passions. It's a state of engaging in activities that bring deep fulfillment, joy, and a sense of purpose. And when you operate in your zone of genius, you experience a flow state. Time seems to pass without notice. You're effortlessly creating extraordinary results. That's the zone of genius. That's where we all want to be headed. 
So let's talk about the zone of competence because today's episode is, is called being stuck or it's called stuck in the zone of competence because I feel like a lot of people are. The concept of the zone of competence is, is really a framework for you to assess and make conscious choices about how you spend your time and energy because that's important, isn't it? This ultimately can aim you at unlocking your full potential and live a more meaningful and purposeful life. So we're going to focus on this zone of competence today. And yes, I've talked about this before. And so why am I repeating concepts? Why would I do that to you? Why do you have to listen to concepts that are being repeated? Well, because some of you are new and you might want to go back and listen to those concepts. But the real point is, these are good concepts. They're not all mine. I borrow some of them like this one. And But they're so so easily applicable to our everyday journey that sometimes they're worth repeating. So why has it come up today? Because yesterday I interacted with someone who was full on in her zone of competence. I might even argue that she was in her zone of incompetence, but we'll talk about that on another day. So here's the background. A week or so ago, I noticed a lot of bugs coming in through the cracks in windows and doors at a friend's house where I was visiting. I went outside and realized that it was much worse out there. I offered to go and get some insecticide so we could take care of the problem as best we could on our own before an exterminator comes in. So I went to a local big box home improvement store and got something I thought would be good. When I got back to her place, I noticed the trigger sprayer wasn't working all that well. And then during the past week, she told me it stopped working altogether. I said, okay, let me handle this because I bought it. Um, I might need to be the one to take it back. So while in line at the returns desk, I watched the customer service person present obstacle after obstacle for making returns to the customers in front of me. And I really hate poor service. It really gets under my skin. And so I'm starting to churn inside a little bit as I'm seeing she's just making this difficult. And I come from a background of some experience here in, as I have worked in one of these big box home improvement stores. Not this one that, that I, where I was, but I, I have the experience. So finally, it's my turn. I put on my best friendly voice to try to produce a positive outcome because that's just what I do. I've worked on my voice to be able to have those positive outcomes rather than negative ones. And so I put on my best friendly voice and I told her, hey, I bought this a few days ago and the trigger sprayer has completely stopped working. I'm just going to need to exchange it. She said to me, well, you've used half of it, which wasn't true as it had content markings on the side of the bottle and it was down one mark from the top. I said, I didn't use half. You can see it's down only about an inch, inch and now it's not working. She said, I'm just, I'm just pointing out that it feels lighter, as though she knew the net weight of every item in the store. I said, the real point is I bought this expecting to be able to use it, and now I can't. She said, well, I'm going to need a receipt to, or the card to process, process this return. So well, I was right. I needed to be there. I need to be the one to do this. But at this point, I've already decided I am never coming back to this store again. But I give her my card, and she says, she processes it, and she says, $5.68 is going back on your card. Infuriated at this point that I've had to spend this much time with someone who wants to work in their zone of competence, I turn to leave, and she calls me back. Hey, I need you to sign this. And that was it. And I was just like, wow, really? Just wow. This was horrible service. And I watched her do it time after time after time. 
there are so many things wrong with this picture that I don't even know where to begin. I mean, I could start with how her manager, the front-end manager of this store, is letting someone loose, someone like this, loose on the public. I could start with how their hiring practices were inadequate to prevent hiring her in the first place. I could give her some grace and allow that she's having a bad day, except that's still no excuse to take it out on other people. I could, I could talk about the store manager, how the store manager isn't doing their job in holding people to a higher standard than this. I could argue also, um, well, I could, I, could, I could go, I could start at all those places, but we're just going to start with a zone of competence. And like I said earlier, I could, I could argue that she is in her zone of incompetence because it felt like she is incompetent and probably shouldn't work here anymore. But for up to me, she wouldn't. Um, but I was, I get it. I was a little, I was, I let her wind me up and that was my choice to do that. But the zone, you know, I'm not going to argue about whether or not she's in her zone of incompetence, zone of competence. The zone where pretty much anyone uh, could do a job better is that zone of incompetence. And, and so with her, she was really in her zone of competence because she did the job. It, w- it wasn't done well even when she did it, but she got the job done. She made the return for me. Um, so so she could... She, she was in her zone of competence, albeit she did, she did the job, but she did it poorly. But floundering in your zone of competence hurts everyone. So this is why I want to bring this up today, because I had this example thinking, wow, this is so unfortunate, because I know I'm never going back to that store again, but how many other people are saying that? The lifetime value of every customer at a store like that is pretty large. It's pretty significant. And to have somebody who's going to be turning people away, turning them off, so, so thereby turning them away, is pretty costly. So when I say floundering in your zone of competence hurts everyone, let's break that down a little. If you're facing customers in a job like that, um, customers feel mistreated. And if, you, if you're like me, you will n- show it by never, ever, never, never, ever, never, never, ever going back to that store again. But you can imagine, or can you imagine rather, what it's like to work with somebody like that, where maybe you've got a team that are working that, that front end returns area and, and you hear her doing that to customer after customer and you're just bracing for the arguments because they inevitably happen multiple times a day. Can you imagine working with somebody like that? So that's in your zone of competence, you're affecting other people as well. And that's just an ex- the example that I came across today, but I know you've experienced this too. And perhaps you're floundering in your zone of competence. That's not to say you give lousy service, but it is to say that you give subpar service compared to what you could do if you're operating in your zone of genius or even your zone of excellence. When you operate in your zone of competence, you hurt others. You hurt them by being less than you could be if you applied yourself to working at a higher level in a higher zone. So why do people stay in their zone of competence? Let's address that for a while, for a minute here. Why would you stay in your zone of competence? Well, there are some very specific reasons. Comfort and familiarity, fear of failure or rejection, external expectations and obligations, lack of self-awareness, perceived lack of opportunities, limited support or resources, 
time and commitments. So those are the ones, and I'm gonna break these down a little bit. So the reasons why people stay in their zone of competence. Comfort and familiarity. The zone of competence represents tasks and activities that you're familiar with and have developed a certain level of comfort in performing. So you may feel secure and confident in your abilities within this zone, so you, it just makes it easier for you to stick there and get stuck in the zone of competence. The next one is fear of failure or rejection. Stepping outside your, your, the zone of competence can introduce uncertainty and the possibility of making mistakes and facing rejection. You may just try to avoid the perceived risks that you have um, in, in, in going higher and going bigger. Next one, next reason we tend to flounder in our zone of competence, external expectations and obligations. So external factors like um, organizational demands, societal expectations, family pressures. Family wants you to just stay employed. So it's a good job. Just stick with it. And, and so we do that. We stick with it. And we just fulfill those obligations without ever trying to leave our comfort zone. Um, lack of self-awareness is the next one. This is the next reason people stay in there and get stuck in their zone of competence. So lack of self-awareness. You may not fully recognize your unique talents, passions, and strengths. So you, you're not self-aware of how great you are. You may not have explored or reflected on, tr- uh, on what truly energizes you and makes time pass without notice and gets you in the flow. Without that self-awareness, you may unknowingly stay in that zone of competence without considering other possibilities. So that lack of self, self-awareness is one reason you might be stuck. The next reason, perceived lack of opportunities. You may believe that opportunities for growth, advancement, and success lie within your zone of competence. You may perceive limited possibilities to, or be aware of alternative paths that could lead to your zone of genius. So... You just don't think there are opportunities out there beyond your zone of competence, so you stick there. Limited, uh, limited support and resources. So lack of support, mentorship, and resources can hinder you from exploring beyond your zone of competence. The next one is time and commitments. Balancing multiple responsibilities. <clears throat> Excuse me. When we're trying to... So time and commitments. Let me break this down a little bit more. If you're trying to really balance all your responsibilities and the constraints you have with time and so forth, it can be really hard to explore beyond your zone of competence. And so we kind of get stuck for those reasons. I just don't have the time. And I've got other commitments that I have to keep up. And so I have to put myself last because I've got these commitments to other people. So those are reasons you get stuck in your zone of competence. But what happens when you stay in your zone of competence? Let's break that down. You get all of these fun things and when I, by fun, I mean dreadful, but you get all these things. Lack of fulfillment, limited growth and development, diminished passion and motivation, missed opportunities, a time and energy drain, limited differentiation. So those are all, reason, all things that happen when we get stuck. You get all those fun things. So let's break those down a little bit. Limited growth and development. If you stay in your zone of competence, It'll hinder you from any growth and development. It'll keep you from that. You, you may become stagnant and complacent in your zone of competence because it just becomes familiar to you. The next one is diminished passion and motivation. Over time, if you consistently stick and get stuck in your zone of competence, it'll lead to a decline in your, your personal passion and motivation. You'll just feel like, yeah, it's another Monday, another Monday, 
another Monday. And that's what you're going to get stuck with when you lose that passion and motivation. Next, next thing that happens when you st- get stuck in your zone of competence is missed opportunities. By focusing primarily on activities in your zone of competence, you're going to miss out on exploring your true potential and discovering your unique talents and passions. You won't seize opportunities to align more closely with what is ever, whatever is in your zone of genius. It's also a big time and energy drain. There is an interesting statistic from Gallup that says when people get to do what they do best every day, you are on average 7.8% more productive. So your zone of competence isn't doing what you do best. So when you get to do what you do best, like in your zone of genius or your zone of excellence at least, you'll be 7.8% more productive. If you do the math on that, that's two extra productive months a year. So if you're staying in your zone of competence, you're only working through October. Um, but are you getting two months off? No, you're just floundering in your zone of competence for two months a year. Now, if you're a manager of people, don't you want people to get out of their zone of competence? Because if you could get two productive months out of every person on your team from now through the end of time, wouldn't you want that? I think you would. All right, other things you get from sticking in your zone of competence. Um, The next thing is limited differentiation. You look like everybody else. There's nothing remarkable about you in your zone of competence. You're a number. You're a function. You're an object. You're a human effing resource. Man, that sounds awesome, doesn't it? Who doesn't want, to, who doesn't want that for themselves? No differentiation. I'm just a face in the crowd, a faceless face in the crowd. Sounds harsh, but it's true. So if you can recognize the negative aspects of spending too much time in your zone of competence, that can serve as a catalyst to explore a move toward your zone of genius. But you got to recognize these negative aspects. That's why I bring them up today. So how do you move out of your zone of competence? Let's wrap up with this. How can you then move out of your zone of competence? Now that we know the negative effects and we know why we stay there, let's talk about how you get out. Moving beyond your zone of competence requires intentional effort and a willingness to explore new areas. You just gotta, you gotta do it. You gotta branch out. Let's look at some of the steps you, uh, well, some of the steps you could take as you venture into your zone of genius. So the steps, the steps I'm gonna give you today are reflect and assess, identify strengths and unique abilities, Embrace a growth mindset, set goals and take action, seek learning and development opportunities, embrace discomfort and take risks, seek support and feedback, emphasize continuous learning, practice self-reflection, and then you're going to be able to move beyond your zone of competence when you do some of these things, when you do all of these things. Do them all. I know it's a big order, but we're going to, t- we're going to break these down and then we'll wrap for today. So... Let's go back to the top of the list. I got to get it, pull it up here. Here we go. Um, If you want to move toward your zone of genius, get out of your zone of competence. Reflect and assess. Take time to reflect on your skills, your interests, and your passions. You need to identify areas that truly energize and excite you. Um, If you go to lovemondaylikefriday.com, I've got some exercises out there. I've got some some online courses. One is called That Thing You Rocked, and this is going to help you start to get there. Um, so you need to, to really reflect and assess on what you do, do well. Consider any tasks or projects you've been involved with or that you're curious about and explore those further. But if you do the, that 
that thing I rocked, that's going to really help you walk through this whole process. Um, the next one is identify your strengths and unique abilities. That thing you rocked is going to help you get started on that. Um, a clear understanding of your strengths and unique abilities will help you um, naturally figure out those areas where you could excel. Figure out those areas where you have talent. Another thing you can do is you can go to gallup.com and take the Clifton Strengths Assessment. Um, I'm a certified coach in the Clifton Strengths Assessment, which is an assessment of talent, and it's going to give you your top five themes. It costs about 20 bucks. It's going to give you t your top five talent themes and answer a lot of questions for you. Then if you want have questions on it, hit me up. Um, if you want coaching on that, also hit me up at lovemondaylikefriday.com. So identify your strengths and unique abilities. The next one is embrace a growth mindset. Cultivate a growth mindset that, em that embraces learning challenges and new experiences. You want to challenge yourself. You got to believe in your, your own ability to develop new skills and capabilities. And it's going to take some effort and some deliberate practice. Because when we practice deliberately, meaning with coaching and feedback and pushing ourselves a little bit harder every day, that's how we're going to actually grow and not just have the growth mindset. Next one is set goals and take action. Define clear goals for yourself. Um, any objectives related to your zone of genius, once you, once you start to get a hint as to what that could be, are going to help you. So break down these goals into actionable steps. Create a plan to move forward. You know what to do with goals. I'm not going to belabor that point. Next one is seek learning and development opportunities. When we're stuck in our zone of competence, we don't really do that. We're comfortable. We stay there. We're a number. We're an object. We're a function. But you need to seek development opportunities. Have a talk with your manager. Have a talk with others of your peers. What, what are they doing? Try and get motivated that way. The next thing you can do to get out of your zone of competence is embrace discomfort and start taking risks. Moving beyond your zone of competence usually will involve embracing discomfort and taking some calculated risks. And you need to be willing to step outside your comfort zone, challenge yourself, embrace the possibility of failure, because that's where opportunity comes. Next way that you can get out of your zone of competence is to seek support and feedback. One thing that you can't do from listening to a podcast or reading a book is get feedback. You can get all of the concepts, but you don't know how well you're doing. So you need to seek support and feedback from a mentor, a coach. If you're looking for a professional coach, I have some limited ability to help you with that. Also, if you become a member, a, a premium member at lovemondaylikefriday.com, you get a monthly group coaching session with me where you can come and ask me anything. So sign up for the premium membership on lovemondaylikefriday.com and you're going to get some some group time with me. If you want one-on-one -on -one time, I also have options for personal coaching out there. So get support and feedback as you move out of your zone of competence. Emphasize continuous learning. Adopt a mindset of continuous learning and improvement. I mean, this is, this is something that I think I'm just naturally born with. I find some area where I can improve. Somebody gives me feedback and I'm like, I'm on that. I'm all over it. That's how, and I've talked about some of those things as we've gone through these podcast episodes. The next area to help you break out of your zone of competence is to practice self-reflection regularly reflect on your progress and experience as, you, as you're starting to explore these new areas. Because that assessment is going to bring you some joy and fulfillment and sense of purpose just in the process. And it'll also help you refine your understanding of your own zone of genius as you move toward it. 
as you move beyond your zone of competence, I mean, that whole concept, moving beyond that, it's really a personal journey that's going to require self-awareness, some courage, commitment to your growth. And when I say commitment to your growth, get someone who can help you. Get a coach who resonates with you. Get a mentor who is going to hold you accountable because you need to commit to yourself. Even if it costs you money, that is not, that, that's a, for most people who charge you for coaching, me included, it's not about the money that I'm getting from you. It's about your commitment to yourself. And so commit to yourself. I, always, I use this example frequently. If you have a gym membership that you pay like $9 a month for, how motivated are you going to be to get in your car and go to that gym early in the morning in January? It's great when you're going into bikini season and beach season. Yeah, I want to do, I'm all motivated. But when it gets cold and people are just going to see you in your baggy clothes, how motivated are you? But if you spent $500 a month or more on that gym membership, I bet you'd go every day. Is the gym any different? It might be. They might give you free towels. The locker room might be nicer. Some of the equipment might be nicer, but in the end, it's still pumping iron. And the difference is you're committing to yourself by that commitment fee of the $500 a month versus the $9 a month. It's kind of an interesting concept. Give it some thought. So again, if you need some help with this, go to lovemondaylikefriday.com. I have lessons that will take you through this. They're going to take you to help you find the thing you rocked. It's going to help you get to your zone of genius. All of these things are going to really help you out. Now, I don't have a lot of lessons about these zones. I'm, I'm using these as concepts that I just teach about. But the lessons that I have, like that thing you rocked and discovering your strengths and things like those, those are going to help you. And then Come, if nothing else, at least invest the $25 a month in yourself to come to those group coaching sessions. And if you want more coaching, more direct feedback where I am digging deep into you and investing in you like you're investing in me, I can help you out. I have some spots available for some one-on-one coaching. Hey, subscribe to the podcast so you can get it every Monday. It's going to come to you automatically with your other podcasts. Wherever you subscribe to your podcast, go get that. And I will talk to you soon.